Hello, welcome to Britpop Banter. My name is Kevin. And I'm Leslie. How you doing? Good. Lot to catch up on. Yep. What am I wearing? I thought, yeah. Are you going to wear that the whole podcast? Yep. The whole podcast? Yep. It's, it's the equivalent of my, my top knot to your hat. No. no. What are you wearing? Uh, a Liam Gallagher bucket hat. Yep. It says Liam Gallagher on it. It's green. Bright green. With just Liam Gallagher and pink on it. It's yellow. Are you colour blind? It's pink, isn't it? Oh dear. Maybe God. I am colour blind. Isn't that pink? It's no, not yellow. It's gold. It was yellow two seconds oh, ago. Oh, yellow gold. Same. Maybe you should look at it. Looks pink in this in this light. Regardless, you look like a Muppet. Cool. But as long as you're happy. Do I did I look like a Muppet when I wore it the yes, other day? Yes, you did. did I? You did. So we'll get to that later on. We'll get to your uh, outfit. Shall we say? <laughs> and that's being kind. Uh, so this I can is... post a picture. Are you going to do that? People want to see that. I don't think anyone wants to see if that. If you want to see it, let me know. Just saying. Yeah, okay. So we've got two episodes to go. Wow. And then we're done with season one. <sighs> take it in, take it in. How are you feeling about that, Kev? Uh, how am I feeling? How am I feeling? I'm actually quite actually quite happy to be honest because and it's not so one it's been a big year a lot of work and we're almost there and I think this is a perfect time and you go away have a wee holiday um, I get some time with the fan bam and uh, we come back refreshed into into season two I hate the word fan bam why do you hate fan bam it's ridiculous what's wrong with fan bam I hate it I see people putting oh no quality time in the fan bam remove his friend I haven't. I don't think I've used that, but now, well, now I know that. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't think you can judge anything in this episode with that hat on. I really can't. I don't think so. Can't. Okay. <laughs> Just uh, have. <laughs> <laughs> so this is all about Urban Hymns by The Verve. Twitter and Facebook, we're at Britpop Banter. Email us at BritpopBanter at gmail.com. Um, all views expressed in this podcast are 100% our own. While we poke fun at some bands and artists, we appreciate their talent and sacrifice to create these albums so let's talk about last week's episode first and then we'll talk about all the, the shindig from that Radiohead The Bends Radio- is airing tomorrow Head The Bends thoughts? Um, I went on a bit of a rant about Street Spirit didn't I? I loved that I listened to that again this morning wow. about you going down that tunnel and how much you loved Street Spirit and then how little I could add to that because I was like ah, how do you top that? So which good. is good, which is good. I had honestly forgotten. Well, not forgotten because you just always know. It's such a solid. It's not if it's better than solid album. There isn't really a bad track on it. Agreed. A couple. There's two tracks. Maybe I'm not massively as fond of, mm-hmm. but it is a really standout album. Yep. By far their finest, and I will argue with anyone. Okay. So All if right. anyone disagrees with me, come on then. Because you've got the hat on, yeah. this is what you're like. You were like this all weekend. You're bad for it. Channeled Liam, just <sighs> piece of work you were on the weekend. So let's. So all right. So the Benz thought was a good episode. Yep. Like you said, great album, long episode, um, but yeah, really enjoyed it. It's completely worthy of its spot. Hmm. Right. So I'm looking forward to talk about Urban Hymns as well, and I can't wait to talk about the ratings because you rated this higher than me. Wow. Yep. So this is a big one. Uh, right, so let's let's talk about this. Let's talk about 
the weekend that happened. Where did, where did you go? What happened? Give me everything. We went to Fairgrounds Festival. Yep. Uh, down in Berry, down the south coast. Yep. And we um, stayed there for a couple of nights, and we saw Liam Gallagher live. So, so we we had uh, so we got down Friday. Beautiful, beautiful house. Um, started drinking immediately in the afternoon. Immediately. Immediately. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, and so you and the group of friends that we were with. with Made it to the festival on the Friday. Congratulations! I thought to it was you. a good effort. I think you did extremely well. I did not. No. I veered to a restaurant with pizza, and I got wood fried, wood fired pizza, and uh, which was also a good move because I was quite hungry. <laughs> I was starving after a whole day of drinking, and the food was awesome. So you went to the festival. I didn't, and then the Saturday it all started again. Let's talk about let's talk about the festival in general. What did you think? It was a very family oriented festival in the small town of Bury. Do you know what? I really loved it. It was one of the nicest festivals I've been to for ages. Nice vibe. Mm-hmm. Didn't wasn't full of morons. Mm-hmm. Had families there. Had people just generally little stalls like record stalls, clothes stalls. You could buy records. Yeah, at food the stalls. I didn't see any morons. Okay. No. Like, there was. Oh, there was a couple on our bus there. Oh, yeah. But, like, you know how sometimes you go to these festivals now you feel a wee bit old? Oh, yes, yes. I didn't. I actually thought it was a really nice vibe, and I just enjoyed myself. Actually, that's a really, really good point. I didn't... Yeah, you're right. I didn't I didn't have any stress. There's some dance festivals we used to go to where I was like, ah, oh, yeah. pushing it now. But that was... A, yeah, right. And it was families as well. Because you could so make it what you that? want. Yeah, you could go and get yourself point. some nice food. You could have some drinks. Yeah. You could watch the bands. Yeah. You could go. You could do a bit of shopping. Mm-hmm. You could sit in the sun. Perfect. Uh, so, who was on the lineup? Talk through some of the some of the acts. Liam Gallagher. Apart from Liam, it's not all about Jerry Liam. Cinnamon. Yeah, so we'll talk about Jerry in a second. DMAs. DMAs. What do you think of DMAs? See much of that? Australian yeah. indie band. I think they were all right. Really good. Really good. Um, what's that girl called? Meg Mac. Yep. She was a beautiful singer, but extremely loud. Yeah. As in her voice is just so strong, you know. You could hear her from miles away. Can't remember now who else is there. That's about, that's about the time can... we got there. Yeah, right. Um, so let's talk about your merch. What'd you buy? Liam Gallagher t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Liam Gallagher t-shirt, Liam Gallagher bright green hat. Yeah, with yellow, not pink. Uh, it's, and it's reversible, right? Because it's got... Liam Gallagher on the front like that, but if I do the, these ones, see, I'm just doing it now so people can't see. Just turning it inside out. Put it's it still back, green, it but it it's got head. lyrics from the, the new album yeah. on it. It's really weird. See, I like the design of the second one, but you, the other one you look better in, which is so, it's the same yeah. hat. I don't understand that, it. I don't understand how it works. What's meant to be? Um, you looked and you acted. Like you I just, was having just, a good time? Yeah, you just changed the way you acted. There was no HR professional there. Not, not, no, nothing. Um, so let's talk about Jerry Cinnamon first. It was fun though. I was having fun. You were, you were having a good time. So let's talk about Jerry. What did you think of Jerry Cinnamon? Um, tons of fun. You can't deny it. You were dancing. I can't deny, I wasn't dancing. Hold yeah. on. No, I wasn't. A wee bit. Everyone tried to get me to dance and I didn't. But I did. I, 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 I have a new Crowd respect. Your hands. 
We did a wee ballroom dance. I did. That was a headlock. That's not ballroom dancing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> same, same. <laughs> um, I have a new respect for him because he was, he's just, He's just a Duracell bunny, isn't he? He's just he really full is. of energy, loves what he does. And it was so cute because you had you had your friends from the UK that were all about, yeah, and then you had the families, mums and dads, little kids, dancing to Jerry because he was just, just, you know, it was good. It was real. So I have a newfound respect. Um, doesn't make me change my thoughts around his work, but kudos to him. He... He did really well. Really impressed with Jerry. It was fun. It was fun. Um, now, I forgot to mention, you tried to reach out to Liam and what happened? So, nothing. Which is... Uh... It was getting a bit desperate. I don't know how many tweets was your, your your limit, but it was getting close to that limit before it was like... Oh, I did is... two. Mm. Pondering a third, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. No, you didn't. You didn't, to be fair. Stood, stood up, but not, nothing, unfortunately, no. which is a real shame. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Liam. What do you think? Oh, loved it. Loved it. Okay. You have to tell more than that. Just loved it. So what I did like was... Do you know what? I, and it's exactly what he's always like. Yeah. Interacts with the crowd. Yeah. Doesn't care. Yeah. F's and blinds. Does the whole thing. C-bombs. Loves the whole it. thing. Don't know what he's saying half the time. It's incoherent. Yeah, but you laugh because it sounds funny. Yeah. Um, what do you think? What do you what do you think of his lineup songs? I think because it was a festival, we didn't get as many as if we were we going out. tonight. Yes, which is a bit sad. Yes, but I think he did a good mixture, like not too heavy on the Oasis. Played the good ones from his solo stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he picked the good ones from his solo stuff. He did. Apart from Halo, which sounded a lot better live. Yes. So he did started with rock and roll star, as we saw. Her. Which, then, he went, oh. then he went to Halo, Shockwave, played Roll with it. Uh, Wall of Glass. Wall of Glass. Once. Morning Glory was incredible. Morning Glory was good. His band are actually really good. Like the drummer and the way the, the actual production of the festival made it sound really good. His voice, it's not skip the beat. He doesn't hold. Anything back on his vocals Like you know how sometimes When he's got gig after gig after gig Sometimes an artist can hold back the vocals He was all in Like he he just His voice was great One thing I wasn't a huge fan of that version of Champagne Supernova (sighs) Yeah so what happened? So he does Champagne Supernova But it's not And it isn't acoustic It's just Because the band left And it was just him and the piano player And I was like "Ah, Um, Yeah and I think for me Champagne Supernova is all about the guitar solos and yeah, the guitar. Yeah. So great to hear it. Um and then we thought he'd finished. Yeah, we did. I think it was my fault. So I'm sorry. It was your fault. Well Sensible Kev was like, we need to get home. Well no Sensible Kev wanted to leave before and I thought I'd won because you'd stayed a bit longer. I so did. when you wanted to go the second time, I was like, Well, we should probably go now, that's a shame. And then we hopped on the bus and, and we then heard. He, cigarettes and alcohol. <sighs> Who does two encores? Which is annoying. Especially when there's a hard cut-off for the buses getting back to where we were. But anyway, I, I thought I thought he was really good. He's so good. I think the gig tonight at the Enmore is going to rock. I think that crowd is going to be phenomenal. So I I'm think, gutted. I tried to see if there's any tickets. There's no, there's none, unfortunately. So, but I, I do, look, you got to see him, which was good. Do you know what I did? Do you know what I will say? Tonight would be good. 
but I'd said this to the friends that we went with, is that I have seen Oasis a few times, so it's nothing that I haven't seen before. Mm. What was really awesome about seeing them in that festival was the fact it was a festival and I was with you guys. Oh, that's lovely. And so, and I've never done that before. And yeah. we've never seen him before. No. And to be in that festival and have the weekend and get to hang out with you guys for that length of time and yep. have a laugh yep. and have beers and then go and see him. Yeah. I actually think today would ruin, not ruin it, but change it the memory. Change the memory. That's like, a, we talked about this, we saw Underworld at the Opera House and they came back the year after and did three nights at the Opera House and I was like, I don't want to change it. I don't want to see them again because it would change the memory that me and you saw them at. Yeah. So that's that's really nice of you. You know, I? and it was just like people, like there was all, like, it was, it was the nice six day. of us there and we were all having a great time and then at the end when it was all of us together watching Liam, that's amazing. It was. That is true. And then, Call got the bus back, had a chat about it and then, and it, yeah, I just, yeah. You might go tonight and you might get annoyed or I would. like people around you. Because I had a good space. Yeah, you like literally five metres away from the yeah. It was crazy. Um... So heaps of other things. I will say that Jerry Cinnamon, just going back to him for a second, had a dream about him last night. Wow. I know. His, his, his song has been you stuck... You secretly love him. No. You just need to give him. Maybe that's what it is. But his songs have been stuck in my head all weekend. Because you love him? Yep. And the, my dream was... So he was playing a gig. We were in the crowd exactly the same way we were for seeing Liam at the festival. And he's singing and playing. And then a St. Johnston player who is Weird. Yep, a local football team that, you know, we... It was from our, our town, Perth. Uh, a football player walks on, nudges him, like pushes him away from the microphone and Jerry turns back and sort of laughs at him as in a joke. But the vocals on the song kept playing at the same time. And so he realised, and the crowd realised that he'd been rumbled for miming and he got booed and booed and booed and booed. And then I started shouting at him. I was like, ah, rah, rah, rah. That's how I woke up this morning. Wow. What do you think of that? Analyse that. That you really have insecurities about your fan boy moment of Jerry Cinnamon. And that's okay. That you should give in to the fact that you want him to fail and not do well because it will make you feel better. Why would I care? Because that you know deep down the rating you gave was too harsh and you now can't go back on it. Mm. So you'd rather see him fail in that dream than actually admit that you probably do like it oh, and that you can't wait for a second album. That's, I mean, if I look, was to... be to... fair, I do I do probably need to re-listen to his album and I don't, I, look, I, I don't know, I probably do. But anyway, I'm stuck with it now. Guess what else happened at the weekend? What's that? So I don't know if people remember when I was talking about music in Motown and I spoke about the fact that I got... Um, the reason I love Motown was I had this record that my mum and dad had and it really got me into music well Kev got me it for my birthday didn't you? <laughs> yes. best present ever I'm so happy I got you that I'm so happy it's the right because I didn't know it was 50-50 and then when you opened it I'm like oh, yes nailed it amazing and see that's the other thing see the, just all those memories of this weekend I won't change I had an amazing time it was a good weekend really really good everything just worked I thought it was really nice I really want to go next year uh, yes, agreed. There was one thing. So, funny story. Uh, well, maybe funny. So, boys' toilets. Every time I went to the toilet, I always looked at the girls' queue and I went, oh, God, thank God I don't have to wait for that. Because yes. the girls' toilets Horrible. was lacking. Boys' toilet. So, I go for a, a pee. 
into into one of the toilet blocks. Walk up to the urinal. Now, I don't probably not a term you're familiar with as a as a as a woman, but stage fright as a man, you're aware of what that means? Yeah, yeah, you we get it too. Like if someone if you're in the toilet and somebody walks in. Yeah, but you've you've got the door. So how does that work? Yeah, but like if it's at work or something. What you can't pee? Maybe. I, but I know I don't care. But um, <laughs> you've heard it's a thing yeah. for women too. So it's a big thing for guys, right? Sometimes you're, you know, you bursting for a pee, and then you get up to the urinal, and then there's like three of you all in really close proximity, and it just, it just, whatever reason, you can't go. So I get to the urinals, and I'm gagging for a pee, and I'm like, oh, it's like a queue behind me, so it's like people are watching you to see if you're peeing yet because they need to go. It's a big, big thing for men, right? Maybe I think it is. Anyway, so I'm like, come on. And then I look to the corner of your rhino, literally a foot away from me, and there's a giant spider. Oh, no. Like, I mean, huge. Just sitting there, and I'm like, is that spider dead? Because it was still. And I'm like, is it dead? Is it dead? And, and I mean, it's, it's about a foot away from my genitals, right? And I'm like, oh. it could jump and make it. That's when you're like, and I'm like, oh, is, is that it's dead? Must be dead, right? Must be dead. And then it did this little thing with its feet. Like, oh, and I'm like, oh! Never have I peed so fast and got the hell out of there. That's how to get a stage fright. That's just put a spider in every corner of a urinal. Men will go no problem. It's when you put the blue bottle or the fly on the urinal so everyone aims at it so the pee goes in. That's it. You need a spider, a decoy spider, and every man, it'll make the toilet time so much faster. I hate spiders. I friggin' it's better because it's a small country town. You're in the country. I don't know if you noticed, but there was a stick spider in between our uh, sliding glass door and the fly screen in the living room. So when we opened the door, Nick went, "You know, there's a spider there," and I'm like, "What?" And sure enough, opened the door and there was so a glad huge stick spider. Massive. Thank you for not telling me all weekend. Got a picture of it. I'll show you. Because I would have slept in the car. <laughs> Um, what else we got? I think that's it uh, on the, the festival. It was really... I'll beat you at football. Didn't beat me at football. Oh. <laughs> I did. Go on. We were playing football and I won. So like we were 10. Yeah, amazing. Right? Played football in the back garden. What happened? So I was goalie. Lost my ball. You went lost... over the fence. <laughs> went next door to get my ball back. They went in. It was really sad. <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to do Literally I'd saved it You'd done one hoofing shot before And I like jumped and caught it Smashed my back against the fence And went ha 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 lucky da, da, da. Meanwhile I'm in agony The next, the very next shot You punt it over the fence Into next door's garden Yeah Anyway next day my friend um, Is talking to the guy next door He goes and gets me my ball back And then he went It's a little bit flat Do you want me to pump it up for you? <laughs> You got a pump, and he went, "Yeah, that'd be amazing." Pump. <laughs> what you don't know what happened next was, went to the beach. Oh God! Me and my friend Matt go in the ocean. Yeah. With the ball. Yeah. Bit windy. What'd you do? Ball disappears. Ball's gone. There's no <laughs> way I'm getting that. Surfer goes out, gets my ball back. <laughs> Ball's a menace, and then my other friend went, "You're a menace," and I went, "Yeah, true that." So, yeah, <laughs> nearly twice I lost my ball. 
So Surfer went right out, swam, 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 pushed it back, pushed it back, pushed it back, came back, threw it. That's ridiculous. I swam, got it, then it's come out, and it was pretty hectic. This <laughs> <way it> was. <laughs> I was like, that's ball, seriously. I mean, you're 45. I'm not like. 45. <laughs> It was fun. It's like old times playing football in a yeah. back garden, and then you. That's what I loved that weekend. It was just like friends and beers and being silly, and you didn't. And I need you just sometimes need to. Um, what's the word? Have that you regress? Need, no, yeah. regress. <laughs> just need to have fun, and that's it all was, it was. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, lot going on on Twitter. This well, was a lot going on in, in in the UK. So on to serious matters. Well, there's an election this week. There's an election in the UK, and it is. Full on coverage. Uh, there was one tweet that grabbed my attention. Yes. And I sort of went, Les, need to nudge this one over to you. And this is where I step out. And I went, ape. Talk to me about what happened. So, Alex James. Yep. From Blur. I just cannot bring myself to vote for Jeremy Corbyn. Hashtag can't be Corbyn. Now, that doesn't phase me. Yeah, what's, what's the issue with that, right? So he's no, just no, saying no. he's... Okay. But the issue is, because they've pretended for many years to not care and be really cool and maybe a bit Labour and new Labour and all the rest of it, and now what they're trying to do is they're coming out and saying, basically, that don't vote for him. But I get it. And this is not me having a political thought about it. It was the whole... Can I just read the replies to actually really... Hit home the argument. Yes. Cast. So cast. So cast tweeted. I don't know who from cast, but the official cast account responded. You're so predictable. The most unradical, unrock and roll comment you could make. It's as if you were speaking out of your tor- Tory cheese hole. Your ex-band members must think you're a right embarrassment. Absolute tit of a bass player. That's from an official band's account. Like. Yep. And then there goes your support slot cast. Hundred <laughs> percent. And then this amazing. So there's a photograph of Alex James, David Cameron, Jeremy Clarkson. Saw that. I mean, that must Jeremy Clarkson and David Cameron must be two of the most annoying people on the planet. Okay. That, my opinion. Your that opinion. I honestly think they just epitomise everything right now that would do my head in. Uh-huh. Then he's having a photograph, which is getting raised. Oh, I wonder why he can't vote Labour. Face palm, that picture. And then there are, honestly, Who else people responded? are like, Miles Hunt. Miles Hunt responded and smashed them as well. I felt the same about every record you ever played on. I mean, that's harsh. Wow. People, a lot of people put that photo on. Can't believe it. Your friends are Clarkson and... In Cameron and won't vote Labour. And then it's like, OK, Tory, not Labour, equals Tory. So what's the big... Wow. Is it the fact that a musician... I mean, is it the fact that it's him? Is it the fact that he's a member of Blart? Is it the fact that he's just expressing his opinion? What's what's the big deal? So back in 2012, Frankie Boyle tweeted, Blur, a cheese-making C-word, a new Labour C-word, a fake Cockney C-word, and a C-word. <laughs> a lot of C word but frankly right because that's basically what they were all about and that's where they were like and it's because I just you expect like when you think about the we've talked about this we've talked about the Britpop era what it meant there's a whole thing like look 
everybody can vote how they want to vote and I think having the vote is one of the most powerful things in the world and that's what democracy is and I am so passionate about democratic elections and that's why I get bothered about elections being fought on social media because it winds me up. So I honestly believe you have the right to vote for who you want. Mm -hmm. I also believe that that should not make you any less of a human being in which way you're politically swayed. I think what people are getting annoyed at is that that he's pretended to be something he's not for a long time and then he comes out and says that. And it's really wound up a lot of people. Right. Because of the nature of it just now. And I think when you think about the people, when you think about the working classes and Britpop and people having a fair go and and all the things that we've spoken about. Yeah. The Tories right now will do not, do not epitomise that. When you've got things like, don't then, think on it as just voting for Labour and a better life for all. The working class fans that bought your records and paid over the odds for tickets to your gig. I thought you were better than this man. It was 20 years ago though. People change their opinions, people move on. And but I'm not, I think I don't to know. know it's so, like, you know, it's like he lives in a very big house in the country making cheese, which is a massive tax write-off, I'm guessing. <sighs> okay. Be interested to see what happens at the UK election. So when's the result? So this weekend is the vote. When's the vote? Um, the 13th. So I think it's Thursday. So you'll be going home back into that, won't yeah. you? And then somebody just posted the words to... He thinks he's educated. Airsoft's family shares will protect him. That will respect him. He moves in circles of friends who just pretend that they like him. Does the same to them and when you put it together... There's the model of a charmless man. Na, na, na. Well, you think about it. Think of Park Life. Okay. Think of the albums. Yeah, think okay. about the messages. Yep. And there he is, Cameron and Clarkson, and now he's like that. Like, yeah, but he hasn't said why. Like, all he's done is a one-liner. He like, it doesn't bother me, but you can't not expect that to have happened. Yeah, look, you probably should have. It flies in the face of the majority of his fans. That is basically it. And this is, and when you read the replies, again, it's up to him. He can vote for who he wants and he can have a political opinion. But I think when you think of all the songs that, like Modern Life is Rubbish mm. and then you think about the fact then Park Life and then there was New Labour and there were all that and then now there he is, just another Tory boy with a ton of money living in his country house. Yeah. Didn't like Blur then. Don't let them. Is this just a bar? Because you're wearing. Because I wear them. <laughs> was often one because she's wearing a Liam hat. All I need now is those goggles. I'll be set. Oh, God. Anyway, I just thought it was really interesting how it. Ten and a half. Ten and a half thousand replies. Jesus, is that how many it was? Yeah. Got it's really, really fired people up. Wow. Mm hmm. All right. Okay. Well. If you're going to say something political, people are going to come at you, regardless. Because you're, you're making your opinion on something people stand for. Right, should we move on? Are you finished? Yeah, I'm finished. Hat off? Staying on? Um, staying on. Okay. Uh, let's go to Song of the Week. Song of the Week! Song of the Week! Song of the Week! Just calling it. It's been three episodes in a row you've brought out the gin and tonic. And what are you drinking? Yeah, beer. Judge. Uh, so the band. So I, yeah, I yeah like but to be fair, to be fair, you've actually. I, I like this because I come to your bit, long journey, long day, and stuff like that, and you hit me up with a beer. That's nice. I like that. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah. 
Keep it going. I didn't even think I had them. That was good fine. That's what I'm saying. Just stock the fridge. Not too many, just one. Yeah. Uh, song of the week: Narcissus, Blue Flashing Lights. So I've been talking to. It's a song about Alex James. <laughs> Joking. I've been talking to Ben from the band, who's who's lovely. Um, they were recommended uh, from Mercury Machine. Ah. And you can see why in the song. Like when the when the beat kicks in, boom. Very, very similar. Great sounding band. Um, so the bio with an output that has been described as both epic and anthemic Manchester-based band narcissist Ben Guy, Chris James and Lee Mulvey. They were tipped for big things in the mid-noughties. Yeah. Do you ever say noughties? No. What do you think of the word noughties? I've always found it weird, noughties. It's a weird word, right? Yeah, the zeros. Weird. Uh Having signed a publishing deal on the back of some genre-bending demos and following a series of amazing live events, the quartet's reputation was further enhanced with the release of the debut single The Window through Manchester indie label Northern Ambition. The label was also responsible for Stephen Fretwell's early output. The collapse of Narcissus' publishing deal during the recording of their debut led to a parting of ways... The finished album was shelved and the band members re-emerged in other bands such as The Synthetics and The Signals. Fast forward 10 years and fate has lent a hand in reuniting Narcissist. Two band members' partners found themselves sharing an office and as a result of this album has been dusted off and played for the first time in a long time. Much to the musician's delight has aged remarkably, seeming strangely present for our times. With this in mind, a decade after it was recorded, A Sense of Place is finally slated for a release this year. How insane is that? Connected, Mm -hmm. ditched it, and then partners worked together and that's how it got put back on the table. That's incredible. That's awesome. And this is an awesome song. So Narcissus, Blue Flashing Lights.
about the beating that. It was fantastic. Well done, awesome. Narcissus. Good luck. Les says. Les says. Les says. Les says. Champs and Snow Patrol. So, we'll start <laughs> with champs. Oh, we're going to... Okay, all right. Who the hell are champs, Well, Les? I'm about to tell you. <laughs> so, they are UK-based band, as you would know, from the Isle of Wight, no less. Oh! Um, there are two brothers, Michael and David Champion. Um, Is that the second name? Champion? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Great name. Well, that's a lot of pressure, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because imagine you're a bit of a loser. Not. Yeah. That, well, yes. Your name's Champion, but you're a loser. Oh. But. <laughs> What's wrong? Keep going. Well, I know that's why they're called champs. <laughs> I think that's obvious. I thought you meant like as in. Anyway, I just but I've always thought that because that's champion. Like if you're born, like my name's Michael Champion, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to live up to it. Yeah. Well, this is a band, so. So there we go. Take. This is their second album. Their first album, Down Like Gold, was released in two thousand and fourteen. Oh. Not a lot to find out on this. So the album's the hard interchange. Um, I could only find one review from Clash Music. Doesn't give me a score though. That is a problem. <laughs> go on. But it said, champs seem to occupy their own world, their own specific realm. Well, it's the Isle of Wight to be exact, but the duo Michael and David Champion are champions of pop individuality. Oh. Linking with Chael Abbey Studios for their new album, sessions stretched from hazy and hedonistic Berlin nights through to their boyhoods in the, child, in the English countryside. Working harder than ever before, the inspired champs pushed themselves to the limit, expanding on details etched out by their... Opening studio albums. Out now, the hard interchange is the sound of a band on peak form relishing every single note. They comment, It was a genuine privilege to record a new album here. The history, the solitude, and above all the equipment, you'd be hard-pressed to find a more inspiring place to make a record. Oh, okay. The album is trailed by a new... has a short film. Really? Um, capturing the creative process that lies behind each champ's project. Beautifully well-realised. This short film is an insight into the pair's extraordinary world. Tune in now. Okay. So I would advise you go and watch that. Okay. To give you some insight into them. Yeah, okay, cool. So I have been excited to hear what you think about these guys. Okay. Can you start? No. That's so... Uh, okay, we've not, we've not heard a sound like them before. Okay. Um, in the sort of homework. Very, very unique sounding. Um, let's start the the good. Uh, solid action is 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 good. Hard interchange is okay. Shadow of the Sea is the best song on the album. Really good song. Never saw it coming. Too high to touch. Katrina, they're okay. In a stratosphere of our own last song, which is the second best song on the album. Uh, so in a stratosphere of our own, the last song is the second best song. Sorry. Look, there's a couple of songs on here I just I couldn't really get into. Which ones? Uh, Grey Intros, Mechanical uh, Grey Arms. Eyes, Douglas Fur, 89 New Star, Mechanical Arms and Red Star. Yeah. Okay. 
So look, I've, overall, put, there's a lot of different sounds to this album. You can get hints of David Bowie, Hot Chip, there's even John Lennon, Tame Impala, to name a few. But it's not for me. Um, I found it quite slow. I found it quite dreary. I, I, I struggle to get through it. Um, there are definitely some moments of potential in this album, like, but it's just not. It doesn't. It does. It didn't drag. It didn't pull me in to this album, and I found myself really struggling with it. And mm, not for me. I don't want to give my score until you give yours. Give your score. Four out of ten. I, look, the, the the musicianship is really good. Some got songs were good. Just couldn't get back into it. I'm afraid. So I enjoyed it. Good. Um. Not my favourite homework album, mm -hmm. but I think there's a lot of things that I did like. Mm -hmm. I like Grey Eyes, I like Solid Action, yep. The Heart Interchanged, I yep. love, I actually really like Douglas Firs. Shadow on the Sea is great, Mechanical Arms I didn't like, 89 You Stun, didn't like that. Mm -hmm. um, never Saw It Coming was okay. I really like Katrina, and In a Stratosphere of Our Own. I didn't mind it, I thought it was quite, an, it was different yeah. sounds. Yeah, very different. Um Easy to listen to in some parts. Skip some of the songs, not going to lie. Um, like, at the beginning, I didn't like his voice. And then I warmed to it. Oh, I had no issues with that. No, no, no. At the beginning, I was like, oh, it's a bit annoying. Okay. Um, but then, yeah, no, I don't think it's... Um, I was trying to think who they sounded like, and it was really difficult. There's such a, a mix-up of different styles. Yeah. I, I couldn't do it either. But then I listened to their last two albums. So, sorry, I think I said, this is actually the third album. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Their, their album before this, Vamala, was... like They are all very different. Oh, all the albums I think they've different. got tons of talent. I do think they do. Okay. And I hope they go out and they, I hope they make it. I give it a... You ready? I think you'll give it a six. And a half. <laughs> six point five, we haven't had that. Yeah, six point five out of ten. And that's what I give it. It was probably not one I'll massively go back to, but I've, we've listened to a lot worse than that. Yeah, okay. Speaking of worse than that, shall we get into the second piece of homework that you gave me? Mm -hmm. So, Snow Patrol with Reworked. So they are a Northern Irish stroke... Scottish rock band. Oh, I didn't know that. Guess where they were formed? When? Where? Where they were formed? Dundee, no less. <laughs> really? Yep. In 1994, <laughs> they met at the University of Dundee. Wow. So we've got uh, Gary Lightbody on vocals and guitar, Nathan Connolly, Paul Wilson, Johnny Quinn and Johnny McDade. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I didn't... I always forget they were... Met at Dundee Uni. Oh, okay. Um, after briefly using the name Polar Bear... Nah. They became Snow Patrol in 1997. Um, and that's when they added Quinn to their lineup. Okay. Um, they've had, as we all know, big albums. Oh, huge. And they've been huge. And, you know... Huge. I, you know, I'm a fan of some of their songs, not going to lie. I agree. Totally agree. Um... I do think, though, and we'll get into it the tracks, but I think Chasing Cars is one of the most overplayed songs of all time. Well, it is. It is, it is actually one of the most played songs in the world ever. And you know, now I read something about Chasing Cars, and when I think about it, so people use it, they think it's a love song, and they have it at their wedding. Isn't it? 
Harleys, but cats. <laughs> Chasing cars. Ah, oh, cats don't chase cars. Yeah. Dogs chase cars. That's what I read. I go with that now in my head. I just find that far better. You've got... Okay. Okay. Finally, would you know? No. So cat go, nah, I won't meow. Chase that car. That's not... Okay. okay fine. Anyway, so this latest release is basically some of their popular and classic songs. And I know this is a different kind of album for us to talk about, but I did want to do it because it's to celebrate their 25th anniversary. So what they've done is they've reworked tracks from the back catalogue um, and they've reworked them. But should they have bothered Kev? That's the big question. Do you want to give me the reviews? Do you want to hear what I've got to say? I'm going to say, send you, I'm right here. I am going to tell you the reviews and these... <laughs> Okay, you ready? Yep. So, Go. Spill review, four out of five. Snow Patrol's latest release, Reworked, is just that. It's a collection of reworked classics, and this is much different and many better in some ways. Chocolate is a classic which we all loved as kids. The new version has a quiet, almost country acoustic sound that conveys pain and a maturity that the original pub anthem could not so many years ago. Crack the Shutters also goes from a big old sound to lo-fi, almost electronic sound with distorted vocals. Old classic Chasing Cars, a song that was not my favourite in the old days, is so much better. <laughs> Stripped down to just the simplest of melodies, it is almost of a soundtrack quality that builds and builds suspense. Instead, a full-on stadium hit. The, this is not a fan favourite album, but it is actually more experimental. They are really embracing their catalogue while at the time moving in a future direction. It's pretty refreshing. Next one, Excess Noise. Oh, okay. Seven out of ten. Okay. To celebrate their 25-year anniversary, Snow Patrol reworked tracks from the back catalogue. And they, um, they've they achieved one billion global track streams, five UK platinum albums, an Ivor Neville Award, Grammy and Mercury Music Prize nominations. Reworked marks a period of looking back and taking stock of what has happened. Snow Patrol does not look like they are going to stop now. After 10 years of no success, no one least of all, us expected us to go on to sell 17 million albums. The first track from Reworked is a fan favourite, Take Back the City. This version is a soft piano intro and shows the raw voice of Lightbody and the rest of the band. Open Your Eyes hasn't changed too much apart from the intro. It's still different, but is recognisable. Furthermore, the Reworked version takes me back to my teens as Eyes Open was the first No Patrol album I owned. Same. Same. The stripped down version shows the capability of Lightbody's voice, soft but powerful. Anyway, the, the track appears to be someone having a, a breakup when they're saying they're made of something different now, are made of everything you couldn't take with you. However, they go on to say that can't leave without you, which makes the song slightly confusing and leads me to believe it could be a dream or a memory. However... Every track is different sounding and what you should expect from Snow Patrol. Okay. Just, 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 no. So, <clears throat> I think they should have renamed the album Reworse. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of Reworked. That's very clever. How long because, have you been hanging on to that one? Well, a weekend. Oh. Um, because they have made it worse. So... 
look, you can go on and these reviews go, oh, it's stripped down version, it does this, it's changed direction. It's utter garbage. It's stone cold crap. <laughs> <laughs> like, some of these songs were crap in the first place. And how you can take a song that was crap, but at least popular, and make it even more crap, I mean, that's talent in itself. So I'll give them a point for effort and also a point for managing to take something that bad and make it worse. Like, it's just rubbish. Chasing cars is pants at the best of times. Now, it's even worse. Like, I was like, oh, hold on. Am I in an elevator? Oh, no, I'm not. I'm sat in my car. (laughs) Because that's what it sounds like. Easy listening crap. They haven't made it better. It's not like it was reworked, stripped back, we've made it acoustic. It's just ding, 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 ding. I don't know what they've done. Like, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know what they've done. Don't say it's stripped down. It's just crap. I just can't. I hated every minute of it. I hated every minute of it. I was sad. Because when I saw it, I thought, I know we know we wouldn't normally do an album that we know the songs. But I thought, this actually might be quite cool. Because this is the first time I've seen a band do this. And to be, to be honest, like the song Open Your Eyes, there are some Snow Patrol songs that I really love. Like Run, Open Your Eyes. I've loved them for mm-hmm. a long time. Mm-hmm. But you've taken something that should have just been left alone. Mm-hmm. And you made it worse. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, Snow Patrol, you're not a band that have aged well at the best of times. And this, <laughs> this isn't even going to age well in two weeks. Never mind in 25 years. So, honestly, I hate to be so mean about Snow Patrol because I've always had a soft spot for them in that first album. I loved it. It reminded me of uni. And, I'm, and I could go on. But it's pap. It's utter rubbish. <laughs> Score. Two out of ten. Is this your worst album of the year? One of them. For sure. Make a call. You haven't hated an album like this before. You hated the jazz. Jazz or this? The Ensemble or this? This. Oh, really? You're still... The jazz one's still there. So I've got three words for this album. You ready? Yep. Waste of time. 100%. I just... I just can't. Like, I was excited. I actually, I actually genuinely like some Snow Patrol stuff. Same. And I've got fond memories of it. Same. So, the introduction is take take back the city. Yeah. Not bad. A little bit of synths, and I'm like, oh, this could be good. Then forget it. Forget it. The rest, the thing, the thing I've got is right. Same as you. If it's acoustic, call it acoustic. Don't. Make it acoustic and say it's reworked. It's not, mate. It's not. You've done nothing apart done an acoustic number on your on your work. They did, they did acoustic shows. Remember they were doing it at the Opera House. Is this the crap they would have played? Because I am so glad I did not go. Yeah, because I like. There are some like I'm talking about I, chocolate. I love awful, that song. Awful. No, no, I love that song. Oh yeah, yeah. I same. love that song, but it is bland, and I don't like the country twang awful. at all. Right. Um, You're all I have. It's a beautiful song. Yeah. Bland as hell on this album, right? Run, great song. Disappointing on this album again. So, Chasing Cars, which, yes, it's an overplayed song. I get it. But it's actually quite a nice song. But when you just do an acoustic number, it sounds like every other song. And it's so boring. This is not reworking. This is not anything new. So, it's really... There are a couple of nice songs on it. But this is... this. Simply put, it's false advertising. Three out of ten. 
You give it one more point than me. So you've you've been serving me. Uh, look, you've been serving up Kane, Coldplay, and now Snow Patrol. I just I just feel we need to discuss this a little bit more. Okay. So performance review. You need to lift the game a little bit, mate. Three for three. Well, I can only lift the game of what's been released because I'm only doing it if it's been released in the last couple of months, you see. Oh, it's it's got to be new music. That's what's coming out. Maybe it's old bands are not delivering. They're not. They're not. They're not. I mean, that's reworking, mate. Come on. All right, so what do we got next? The Who. Who? With Who. Oh, that's the name of their album? Right. Um, Who's the Who then? No. <laughs> That's for next week, Kev. They released the new album, yeah, yeah. did they? Yeah. I've never really. I mean, obviously, I know who they are, but I've never really. So, this will be good. Yeah. Will they fall like the Snow Patrols and the Coldplays? Potentially. Um, and then the darkness. Oh God. Easter is cancelled. So <laughs> the darkness and the who? Jeez, you couldn't get further apart. Okay. I think The Who is apt for the very last episode of this series because of that they are a band who are so quintessentially British. Oh, yeah. And who and have contributed so much. so much. And who I feel a lot of the bands that we've spoken about in this top 50 have... Um, Nailed it. Who, you know, who have been, I guess, not copied, but certainly been influenced by. Yeah, okay. And... Who would be mentioned if we spoke about who have been your influences? The Who will come up. Like Quadrophenia, which I've still not watched. Their <laughs> film. The soundtrack the Who soundtrack to Quadrophenia up there. So I go, if there was ever a band that we were gonna do homework on at the end of a Britpop oh, I'm worried now, because if I don't like the album I'm just saying. You listen to it? Yeah. And? That's for next week. Oh, that's a pretty good poker face. Yeah. I think that means it's all right. All right, shall we crack on? Aye. Gilly Pleasures. Stew with Transvision Vamp with the album Velveteen that sneaked in at 1989. Well, I'd like to get rid of it on a, um, well, the fact that it's not even in the right genre. We shouldn't have even had to talk about it. So, not a genre at the right year. Year. All right, so it has, we talked about it, so Baby I Don't Care is sort of the big number. It's pretty much the only decent song in the album, right? The rest is is pretty rough. The only one, the landslide of love, falling for a gold mine, down on you. Like they're just they're just pretty pretty rough. So I've got. I don't they, mind the only one. Uh, what have I got? I've got the only decent. No, the only decent ones. Baby, I don't care. Born to be sold is okay. Bad Valentine is okay. Velveteen, which is the last song, which is nine minutes long, is a bit of a hurrah. I was like, listen to this. I'm like, this is actually yeah. not bad. It's not great Baby, though. I don't care. Song to the stars. Oh, so bad. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Landslide of love. You can sort of tell from the. And song the to names. the stars. What was the point? It's not even two minutes long. I was like, is that it? <laughs> um. So what do you think? 
What are you going to give? It's really dated. Like it's really dated. And I know some of these ones, but this is not aged well well at all. all. Two out of ten. (laughs) (laughs) Point for effort and a point for baby. I don't care. I'll see you in Razy One because I actually quite enjoyed the last song. So three out of ten. Stew. Stew, stew, stew. Stew, stew, stew. All right, I'm going to do something. We're, we're done with Listen to Guilty Pleasures. You can have the last one. Mm. You've been, we've been talking about it. You can have it. What, what, are you, what are you picking? It better be. It's the last one. Give me, give me a break here. Hooting the Blowfish. <laughs> with the album Crack Review. Now, this for me is an actual guilty pleasure. Like, this fits absolute description. What are they saying? Um, let her go. What's that called? Let her no. Let her cry. Let her cry. Is that that Feel really American? Okay. Yeah. This is this is for real. This is for real. No, I will preface it by saying I honestly, at the same time I was listening to Britpop, this kind of was when I worked in Perth Leisure Pool, mm-hmm. and then people like when the same person that introduced me Iron Maiden introduced oh, yeah. me to this. Oh, that's so out there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and it was, it just reminds me, it just completely reminds me of that time in my life. And I listen to the album now. Has it aged well? <laughs> You'll see. Um, <laughs> but some of the songs are still like, yeah, it's just got a big soft spot in my heart. And okay. I know it is, people are going to be like, what? But... This for me is exactly what guilty pleasure is because it is actually my guilty pleasure. And you. I'm not going <laughs> to like this, am I? Oh. Nah. All right, okay, let's keep going. No Britpop one liners, but most disappointing albums. Oh, this is gold. Do you want these? Yeah, I do. I can't wait to see your wee face when you read these. Have you seen these? No. Oh, these are brilliant. Okay. Two pages worth. Go. Stephen, anything by Coldplay post parachutes? Andrew, I heard Wide Open Space. Um, what? Oh, I bought Attack of the Grey Lantern and would be that album, mainly because it is crap. Whoa. Yeah. It no. doesn't live up. However, that no longer sounds as good to me as when I first heard it. I'll let it go. I'll let it go. It's Did fine. you? Fine. Fine. Uh, Radiohead after OK Computer, it just got worse and worse. Um, Stu, John Squire Marshall's house. Didn't want to take it out of the six CD player because once I did and I knew it was never going back in. And every Strokes album after the first one gave up after number four. Good call. I loved the first Strokes album. Yeah. Good call. Okay. Alex, embrace... If you've never been, is right up there for me. Ooh. UK bootlegs, Elastica, The Menace. What a bloody letdown. Colin, be here now. No explanation required. Actually, there is Colin, so I do need an explanation. You might get that a little bit later down the page. Okay. Alex, one more. Kings of Limba, Radiohead. Just a ton of misery made worse when you know how great they can be. That's so true. Mark, Arctic Monkeys, Tranquility, Base Hotel and Casino. The Strokes, First Impressions of Earth and The Strokes Angles. Strokes are getting a bit of Strokes a... Strokes are getting it. Because the first album's incredible. Mm-hmm. It's a 9 out of 10 album. Okay. 
Easy. Okay. Maybe Putin 10. Oliver, the menace by Elastica. After their debut, I thought this lot were exciting, energetic and full of imagination. Then the menace landed. <laughs> Storage man. Whatever came after Seven and the Ragged rag Tiger. I was so ready for it and then know why. I don't know. I turned 15. Ali. Coldplay, Viva La Vida. After so much hype following three excellent <laughs> albums, before it was a major disappointment. Turning point for them as they moved away from their roots. Would never be the same band again. Bang on. Snaps? And, and, okay. Yeah, and we mentioned it in Everyday Life. I mean, that was pants. Yeah, it was terrible. Oasis podcast, Heathen Chemistry. I agree. I tried to listen to that today, actually. Loved the first three Oasis albums. Didn't think Sont Sog was great. Then gave it a pass as they were in transition and had massive hopes for Heathen Chemistry, with Gem and Andy both writing. The album is decent, but not to the excellent level I hoped with that lineup. Very honest of him to say. Yeah. Britpop memories. I've been pretty lucky and not bought too many dogs, but one that springs to mind is Think Tank by Blur. Oh. Oh, I agree to that. Yeah, I played it and it was horrible. To this day, I still can't listen to the whole thing and only play it out of time. Matthew, be here without a shadow of a doubt. Again. Please explain. Jake, hard fire, once upon a time in the West, formulated, contrived, and not a patch on the debut. Okay. Don't know what I was expecting, John Squire. Time changes, everything was a shocker. It was, we spoke about we it. did. Awful vocals and... Yes, it was yes. the vocals. Couldn't listen to it long enough to tell you if the guitar was any good. Dalian 68, second coming, the Stone Roses. Fairly self-explanatory, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't translate on a podcast, Les. <laughs> Glory Days artwork. Standing on the shoulders of Giants by Oasis. The dream was over and I never really bothered with them after that. Slightly turn the, slight return the blue tones. Glorious from beginning to end. I mean, re- re- what's that? Yeah, keep going. Made me realise I would never be that good at mu- making music, but I got over it. Is that actually him? Yeah. That's hilarious! Um, Saxon Pants, The Pale Saints, Slow Buildings, the first two albums were genius, but then Ian Masters left and it went very bad. Okay. Oh, Simon. Mm-hmm. Got to be Little Kicks by Manson. After two flawless records. Six is flawless. It was always going to be tough ass to improve on them, but I didn't expect it to be as bad as it was. No, nah, no. Nah. Little Kicks is good. A Horde of Rand, this cure self-title. A few solid singles, but then a few times I've tried to journey back through it. Felt like good Cure songs ruined by Ross, Ross, Ross Robinson's production. He mistook the Cure for the bands they influenced. He forgot that even Pornography was a pop album at heart. Interesting. Who was the band that came up the most there? Um, Elastica. Oh, was it? Yeah. Should we do a count? Because I'm pretty sure they're not. Uh, Elastica. Yep. Yep. Can you hand me back the paper? I'll just do a quick. I think we need to move on. <laughs> we've got we've got more to talk about, Kev. I don't know why you're wasting people's time with this, but anyway. So um, the Verve so Urban get... Hymns. <laughs> the Verve Urban Hymns. So the album cover. So the cover for the album was taken in Richmond Park in London. Simply shows a shot of the band on the grass. Um, other so there's other images that were used in the actual. Um, Layout of the album as well One has a dog in it It's really cute uh, Released on the 29th of September 1997 This is their third album So what was the previous album? A Northern Soul um, yeah. uh, They followed it up Not a lot Until 4th In 2007 
I want to get your thoughts on fourth when we talk about it. So the label was hot, recorded at Olympic Studios in London. The producer was Verve, Chris Potter and Youth. Chris stayed working with Verve and Ashcroft. He also worked with the Rolling Stones, U2, Blur and Keen. But he didn't do cause and effect. Smart man. Mm. Tracks 13, 75 minutes with a secret track. It got to number one. Leslie, you've only got two of these left. How long did it spend in the charts? a big number 124 weeks 162 oh! ready yeah. albums Bob Dylan Time Out of Mind Time Out of Mind by Bob Dylan Texas White on Blonde The Love Songs by Krista Berg oh my god thoughts on Chris what else does he say he's dancing with me cheek to cheek it's nobody <laughs> It's just you and me Maverick Strike by Finlay Quay Oh great album If anyone hasn't seen Finlay Did we talk about this? When he when mm-hmm. he, he done he done a tour um, Earlier this year And Finlay apparently didn't turn up To his sound check Turned up late to the gig Walked on And it was in this venue And the venue's packed And they do the tune up and the sound check while the crowd is waiting. So they don't come in, start with a song, they're like, bang, 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 drum, 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 like tuning for like 10 minutes. And then eventually the manager comes on stage and says, I'm really sorry about this. This is so unprofessional. I'm cancelling this, Finley, off the stage now. That's it, you're done. And he, he goes, Everyone will get refunds. I'm sorry about this, but you're done. Get off the stage. You should have been here hours ago. Shuts it down. Wow. It's on YouTube. It's amazing. Amazing. Finley. Finley. Anyway, uh, number six Bridges to Babylon by the Rolling Stones. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Marching Already by Ocean Colour Scene. Be Here Now by Oasis. The Big Picture by Elton John. Oh. Porous Head by Porous Head. What an album. Urban Hymns by The Verve. Not bad music. Yeah, because it's a genre. Oh, yes, yeah, right. Singles, The Drugs Don't Work by The Verve. Oofed. Men in Black by Will Smith. That was the same. He said exactly the same thing for The Drugs Don't Work. The same calibre. No, oh, a different <laughs> oofed. <laughs> oofed. And uh, People Just For You. Jesus. Please by you too. Remember that? I don't remember that. Please. Please by you too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on What's It's Face Pop. I love that album. Uh, Got Till It's Gone by Janet featuring Q-Tip and Joni Mitchell. Sounds rubbish. Oh, you know I see you know, but you don't know what you got till it's gone. Oh. Nice. But then they do a weird version of it. Number five, Tub Thumping. <laughs> Tub Thumping. Chumba Wumba came up this weekend on our, on our conversations. It's like, I'm talking about Chumba Wumba. Um, Louise, Arms Around the World <laughs> Dario G with Sunshine God, I hate that Stand By Me by Oasis Number two. <gasps> He did that! He did Stand That was by amazing! Me. That was your favourite I remember you going oh. I think I've got it on video actually Something About the Way You Look Tonight by Elton John And there's something about the way you look tonight Takes my breath away Are you going to see his a last ever concert No because I went Five years ago <laughs> So the Verve 
From Wigan in Lancashire were formed in 1989. The band's lineup was originally Richard Ashcroft, Nick McCabe, Simon Jones, and Peter Salisbury. In 1995, after the band broke up for the first time, Simon Tong joined Ashcroft's group. Apparently, Tong actually taught Jones and Ashcroft how to play guitar. So, how's that circle coming back to everyone? Uh, so Richard, Simon and Pete knew each other from Up Holland High School and recruited Nick from Whitstanley College. There's a great article, an interview with uh, Richard in the Sydney Morning Herald, which is our sort of local paper. <laughs> so thin as a child that a doctor told him he would probably have a cold for life, he threw himself into his first obsession, football, with the ferocity he would later bring to music, breaking the ankle of future Verve drummer Peter Salisbury and his own nose playing for pub sides, and the Wigan Athletic Youth Team. Just, just, do you remember when we played football when we were kids? Yeah. We had a couple of incidents playing football. Mainly because you were a hack. And you're just a hack and bam that come. You did it on the weekend. Lovely game of football. Like, how's that? We're just going to kick a ball to each other. Like, no. Playing football, <laughs> Kev. <laughs> and you come charging at me. Well, I got a massive scar on my arm. I don't oh, know where that came big from. baby. God. <sighs> well, if Richard, you would have smashed Richard, obviously, at football. Well, you kicked the ball right in my stomach. I did. That is true. That was in the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mean that. Yeah. Uh, seeing the Stone Roses in 1989 convinced him that a lad could aspire to something other than the local baked beans factory. <laughs> and at 18, he formed a verve with his school friends. I didn't know this about his dad. Did you read about his dad? No. So his dad died at age when he was 11 from a brain tumour. Oh. Far out. Richard said, other kids would be playing with their action man and I was questioning life and society. Jeez. Back to the City Morning Heralds. Miles Leonard, now at Parlophone Records but formerly a Virgin Talent Scout, remembers that when he saw the Verve playing to three people, Ashcroft was treating the tiny backroom venue as if it were Wembley. Music's a personal crusade for him, Leonard says. It's very much within his soul. He sings from the heart. There's a lot of truth and honesty, but he's reaching out for something else. What he can be, and the combination is very powerful. The band who signed with Hutt, to Hutt, Hutt Recordings in September 91 released the first three singles in 1992. All in the Mind, She's a Superstar and Gravity Grave all reached the top of the UK indie charts and She's a Superstar went to number 66. So this was under Verve. Not The Verve, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the Verve apparently were some sort of jazz record label. I think I have it written. Yeah, so The Verve was a jazz l- record label and they had to basically put the the in there to stop themselves getting into trouble. Uh, when they were unknown, they went on to support Oasis and also when Oasis were just starting up and also the Smashing Pumpkins when they signed to the UK, yeah, right. which we just covered recently as well. A Storm in Heaven. So that came out in June. Great. Ah. Okay, so the album did really well. It went to kind of number 27 for when Slide away on that album's incredible. You say that, but you didn't give it a good rating. What did you think? You, I'll tell you what, you liked it more I don't than... like the full album. Okay. I think there are some great songs on it. Okay. I think it's about a five or a six. Six. You gave a five? Yeah. I gave a four. And usually that, that was at the start of the thing. I'm really nice. Back then, and I gave a four, which means I really didn't like it. Uh, Richard said at the time, I don't think we're ever going to achieve what we want to achieve. It would be impossible. But that's the point to aim further. 
Melody Maker in May 1993. It's interesting to note that some of the bands brought to mind by Storm have gone on to have, have It's interesting to say that some of the bands brought to mind by Storm have gone on to become flabby globe straddling dinosaurs. Verve have this in them. After the album was released, they changed their name to the Verve, and then they went to the States. Apparently, I I don't know. Would you see Ashcroft as quite troublesome? Would you see him with that in him? Not really. Neither would I. But apparently they were. So they went to the States. This tour became notorious for the events of 11th of July. Ashcroft was hospitalised for dehydration after a massive session of drinking and Salisbury was arrested for destroying a hotel room in Kansas Kansas in a drug-fueled delirium. Ashcroft said, At the start it was an adventure, but America nearly killed us. It's very rock and roll. Very rock and roll. But I would see Oasis not Verve doing that. So we got the second album, A Northern Soul, in 95. Uh, What was your thoughts on this? I like it. Okay, so Richard described the album as one character going through 12 different experiences of pain, elation, sex, loss, romance. All of the emotions piled into one album. This This is to the point, to the heart, and from the soul. History on that album is the best Verve song of them all. Really? Better than any song on Urban Hymns. Wow. On Your Own is up there. The acoustic version of On Your Own. So I so history, um I can't I think Lucky Man. So the C D single and I remember this clear as day, and this is how I really got into it. The C D single of Lucky Man has history on it mm-hmm. and also has an acoustic version of On Your Own which has to be one of the most beautiful acoustic versions of a song I've ever heard. Wow! That I learnt how to play on the guitar. Really? It is stunning. Honestly, do yourself a favour if you haven't heard that, everyone. Go and find it. It is incredible. History by the Verve. I remember being in my bedroom with um, a couple of friends and they they liked Steps. So just... <laughs> like, so that's all I've really got to say. But played it to them because this is when I was really beginning my musical journey and I was also genuinely listening to lyrics because you know that I love that. When you listen to the lyrics in, in of history, they're stunning anyway, but I have never been so emotionally moved by a song that I can f- still remember hearing it, like being 17. However, whenever, wow. whenever Lucky Man came out, because okay. I didn't know the Verve's previous albums till then. So I went backwards. Like, okay. so you buy Urban Hymns and then you realise yeah, they've got yeah, other yeah. songs. Yeah. I was certainly like that. I'd, I'd be lying if I knew about the Verve before Urban Hymns. Okay. And so... That's, yeah. But, and then also because Oasis used to bang on about the Verve too, because they actually talk about... Um, that's like history. Nor, nor the, they talk about that album being something that they um, were inspired by as well. Mm-hmm. So I go... Go and listen, like, just... Honestly, and I still... You listen to History by the Verve, it's a... It's got everything in a song that I love. Beautiful lyrics. Great melody. Strings. Mm-hmm. Depth. Mm-hmm. And it's a decent length. Like, it's... It just moves you. It is a stunning I song. listen to it again. I honestly think it's their best song. I've got it from in my notes of when I critiqued the album. I was like, "That's a, you know, I love that song. It's a standout." But I can't. It doesn't automatically come front of mind for me. And on your own, 
Tell me what you've seen. Is it a dream? Am I in them? Just get yourself, do yourself a favour, find the acoustic version. That's okay. It is beautiful. Okay. What do you think you rated the album? Seven. Six. Ooh, harsh. Mm-hmm. Um, NME gave it six out of ten too, though. So the Verve exudes such a sense of astounding self-belief that they can almost convince you that even their more nonsensical moments should be cast in gold, carved in stone and treated with the utmost artistic respect. So that was Simon Williams, 6 out of 10. P said this about the album in 95. And Northern Soul is one of the best albums in the last 10 or 15 years, as good as Nirvana's or The Roses. Oof, nice. Uh, Richard said this four intense mad months really insane in great ways and terrible ways in ways that only good music and bad drugs and mixed emotions can make he's got a way with words Richard doesn't he Mm. very articulate sometimes the record was produced at local studios in Wales with final touches and an orchestra at Abbey Road by Owen Morris we needed a producer who would be extreme said Richard Owen brought his personality to the record He's the only person I know who can smash a 30-foot window in the studio and then do his job. He admitted he nearly had a nervous breakdown, and I think that's a commendable performance. The singles This Is this is Music and On Your Own entered the UK top 40 in the summer of 95, and history reached number 24. Such a stunning song. These were to be the last releases from The Verve for almost two years as the band split up after their performance at Tea in the Park. I'd love to have seen that. First time to split up. You'll run out of fingers in a second. I knew... Richard, I knew I had to do it earlier on, but I just wouldn't face it. Once you're not happy in anything, there's no point in living in it, is there? But my addiction to playing and writing and being in this band was so great that I wouldn't do anything about it. It felt awful because it could have been the greatest time in our lives. With history doing well, but I still think I can look myself in the mirror in 30 years' time and say, yeah, man, you did the right thing. The others had been through the same thing. It was a mixture of sadness and regret and relief that we we could have some time away. So they broke up. Then Richard, Simon and Pete decided, ah, let's get back together. They recruited Simon Tong. And then in early 97, Nick came back, right? Enemy said this. The sleeve for the album's third and final singer, History, bore the message, all farewells should be sudden. Just three months after the album's release, Ashcroft split the band only to reform it a few weeks later without guitarist Nick McCabe. A plan to work with Swades, Bernard Butler, wow. fell apart within a fortnight and Simon Tong stepped in to replace McCabe, even staying in the band when McCabe returned in 1997 to record the Verbs album Urban Hymns. I did not know about Bernie Butler. Mm-mm. What... What's your thoughts hearing that Bernard Butler was very close to joining the Verve? I'm glad he didn't. Why? Because I think he'd have changed their sound to be whiny. Uh, ignore the last bit, but yes, he's a, he's not a fit. He's not a well. You know, we went on to get some great solo albums from him. Mm. Yes, we did. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you would never have got autographed by Bernie Butler. You would never get Stay by Bernie Butler. Okay, so two songs. No, I'm not... There's People hold on. Great. There's, there's some great... You would never get those songs if he'd joined the Verve. And the Verve sound would have changed as well. And I'm glad it didn't. Okay. I just didn't know. 
so back to Urban Hymns. Bittersweet Symphony. Smashed it. Got to number two. Did it not get to number one? Surprised by that? Uh, yeah. yeah what too. was... I know you probably said... What month did it get released? Uh, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. So it was released in June 97. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because I got it for my Christmas. What? Okay. In 97. I remember Clear as Day. Didn't I just say June 97? Yeah, I know. I must have waited. I didn't have enough money then. Waited for Christmas. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Uh, okay. So I got to number two. It was absolutely massive. But they got no money for it. Do you know all about this? So, so even though the group had secured permission from Decca to use a sample of four bars from the orchestral rendition of The I Last know. Time by the Rolling Stones... Giving them, so they agreed to give them 50% of the royalties, right? To the original named authors Jaggers and Richards. They released the single without getting explicit permission from the administrator of the song's rights. When they retrospectively applied, Alan Klein, who administers the rights to the music via his company Abco Records, demanded 100% royalties and full publishing credit rights to Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. Mm-hmm. No money. Zero money off that. It all went out. That is insane. That song was massive. All the adverts that they used the track from didn't go to the Verve, didn't go to Richard, gone. So, until. Until. What happened? Well, May this year, I think it was. Yep. The um, Mick Mick Jagger and Keith Richards signed over the rights to. um, The full rights? The full rights. Which is. Fair enough. Yeah, and I... It's been 20-something years. I think they made enough money off it. 100%. I feel it was harsh in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Like, really, really harsh. Um, There was a quote by him and he said that... um, So on the same day that he found out about this, he won the Ivor Novello Award for Outstanding contribution, Contribution to British Music. And he said, this remarkable and life-affirming turn of events was made possible by a kind and magnanimous gesture from Mick and Keith, who have also agreed that they are happy for the writing credit to exclude their names and all their royalties derived from the song, they will now pass to me. Fair enough. It's not like Mick and Keith are short of a bob or two, is it? No, no, not at all. Neither's Ashcroft, to be fair. Probably not got as much money as Mick and Keith. Uh... No, you're right. No, you're right. Wait, no, okay. Fair enough. Um, but that's pretty cool. Pretty cool for them to do that. Mm. The next single, Drugs Don't Work, gave the band their UK first number one single in Jesus. September. The album immediately reached event. The album immediately reached number one on the charts, knocking off "Be Here Now," which, if I remember right, was quite a few people's disappointing album. Of I don't know what you're talking about. No. Okay. Still wearing your hat. They also yep, did well. Still my- <laughs> they also did well in the US, uh, which is pretty rare for a, a UK band to kind of do well, especially with that sound. They reached number twelve in the US. That's massive. Um, they went platinum. All right. So back in the UK, 1998 Brit Awards. The Verve won the awards for best British group and best British album, as well as Grammy and Mercury nominations. They lost the Mercury Prize Award to Gomez Bring It On. Oh no, how do I feel about that? Let's take a second. The, the, I actually think that's fair. I think that's fair. 
I'm good with that. Fair because the American music prize is always a wee bit weird, isn't it? It is. And, and, and Gomez is a little place. bit more weird. Good. And experimental. Yeah, okay, cool. Proof of how enormous uh, the UK sales tally for the album is. Right, get this, this is mental. In a landmark year for British music, this album, right, so Urban Hymns sold more albums than Spiritualized, Ladies and Gentlemen, We Are Floating in Space, Blur by Blur, Primal Screen, Vanishing Point, Chemical Brothers, Dig Your Own Hole, Porous Head, Porous Head, and The Prodigy, Fat of the Land, Combined. That's insane. <laughs> they are all brilliant albums. I, I know. I read that and I went, holy cow. Do you like the dramatic pause? I think I nailed that delivery. Wow. I know, mental. Right, 1998. So they've come off the highs. Hi, they've won everything. They've sold millions of records. They are loving life. <sighs> they all broke up. Rumours of infighting and Nick McCabe decided to quit touring so the band had to bring in pedal steel guitarist BJ Cole to fill his spot. That's when they really started to get really bad reviews live. And they had to downscale, apparently downscale a US tour um, because Massive Attack that they were due to play with withdrew from their tour. So all their dates started to get a little bit smaller and in 1999 they split up again. Right? So 1999 they broke up. So what happened after this? Ashcroft went on to be a soloist, obviously. He did his own thing. Uh, Cole and Salisbury actually stayed with him and played on his solo albums. Alone with Everybody, Human Condition and Keys to the World. What's your thoughts? I didn't listen to any of those albums because I was here and I just... No. What about you? Oh, good albums. Um, I just want to make a point. So, you know how we had the British the, the one-liners for your most disappointing follow-up album? Oh, I, I'm okay to acknowledge that now, am I? Yeah, I still don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, my most disappointing album Ooh. is the one they didn't release. Because we waited so long for their next one. Are you talking about fourth? Yeah, it was so long. It was years. Ten years. So that's your most disappointing album? No, no it's fact- not. It's the fact that they didn't. It's the fact that off the high of Urban Hymns... You get nothing. And just getting to know them isn't a band. I remember it clear as day. I remember it. The, the Verve have been one of the most disappointing bands for me for that reason because I haven't seen them live. Oh, yeah. Ever. I haven't seen Richard Ashcroft live. I haven't... They didn't do anything after. So then we were at the height of that time. So you've got 98. So bands were throwing out albums all into the early 2000s and you got nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I just found this band that I love with Urban Hymns, mm-hmm. who do songs like On Your Own and they do tracks like History and then I was going back to Storm in Heaven and Slide Away is a great track and I'm like, I need more. And I had to wait to 2006. Mm. Like, think about that. It's nine years. I was done. Whatever. And Richard Ashcroft, to be fair, when he released his sing- like like um, Song for the Lovers, amazing. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to like this. But none of his... He's never had a full solo album that I've loved. Okay. I've liked some of them. Yeah, okay. And I've liked... Um, like, we spoke about Natural Rebel. Yes. Keys to the World, I did like. Music is Power, Break the Night with Colour, great. Um, Human Conditions was the one that I didn't really like. Okay. At all. Okay. 
Alone with Everybody, I did really like. Mm-hmm. Um, Come on, people were making it now was the last track, but a song for my lovers, I get my beat. You're on my, you're on my mind when I in my sleep. Um, I did kind of like some of his solo stuff. Okay. Have you listened to his new single? No. What's his new single? Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Oh God, it's that time of year, isn't it? What's it like? Well, it's a Christmas song, so it's not good, is it? I mean, it isn't bad for a Christmas song. Oh. Like, it's not bad. It's Richard Ashcroft. Uh, Christmas present this year, you're uh, spoiling it now, but it was a given. It's obviously going to be Robbie Williams' Christmas album for you, isn't it? (laughs) I honestly think I would just vomit on you. What do you think about Christmas I know what you. I know obviously what you think about. What do you think about Christmas albums in general? When mu- music, music absolute pap. Hate it. I hate it. And it's not. I don't. It's not because I hate Christmas. It's just never good. You love Christmas. Yeah, no. That's what I'm saying. It's not because it's like oh, I hate Christmas music because I don't like Christmas. It's not that. It's. It's not East Seventeen. Stay another day. No, and like I don't don't do them again. Like I think about when I think about Christmas songs. I think about Slade. I think about John Lennon. I think about um, Mariah Carey. I think about East 17. I think about Wham. And one of your them, once a year, makes you feel a little bit warm inside. I don't want to hear some new band doing another one. Like, I don't know if I want to hear Richard Ashcroft doing it. Yeah, it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a shill as well, right? It's a bit of a... Do you, do you feel it's a sellout? Maybe. You're Richard Ashcroft. Do you need to do a Christmas song, mate? Anyway, let's move it on. Simon Jones uh, and Tong had a brief spell with John Squire in the band The Shining. However, Tong has gone to work on... He's gone on to work with Blart, the Gorillas, and now is in the band The Good, The Bad and The Queen. So he's done all right. Doing all right. McCabe is slightly quieter. But after the Verve reformed and broke again, which we will get to, he created a band in 2009 called The Black Ships, later changing to The Black Submarines in 2012. So, get this. Producer Owen Morris referred to McCabe as, without a shadow of a doubt, the most gifted musician I've ever worked with, but also claimed he was a a complete and utter nightmare to work with, saying he will never play the same thing twice. Now, you can ask Noel Gallagher to play the same guitar line a hundred times, and as long as there's a good reason for him doing it, he will do it. But with Nick, you've got no chance. But what does he know, you know? But that's what he does, you know. So, yeah. Right, fourth. We got fourth in 2007. I think Uh, that might be my most disappointing album. So, was it 2007? So, on 26th of June 2007, it was announced that The Verve had reformed, minus Simon Tong, to work on a new album. A hugely successful six-state reunion tour followed in November at Intimate Venues and a larger six-state arena tour in December. Spring 2008 saw The Verve touring in the US and they followed this with a summer packed with festival appearances across Europe and two dates in Japan. Their first album uh, since reuniting fourth was released on the 25th of August. Went straight to number one. Now, Love Is Noise. Good eight song. So I was back in the UK when this album, when well, not this album, when Love and Love Is Noise came out. That played non-stop on BBC Radio One, and it's a great song. It sounds great, feels great, brilliant, brilliant song. Um, 
Look, I struggle with the album, though, fourth. It's all right. Yeah. Um, you know when you love a song? You really it's got a love... final hurrah, though. Is it? I need mm-hmm. to go back and listen. Um, yeah. Love the song. Not a massive fan of the album. They broke up again. And Richard went solo again. So we got these people in Natural Level, Rebel, which we reviewed and both liked. Um, there's a lot. Like, there's so much information out there on the Verve and what happened and what could have been. And then you've got Ashcraft. Who, uh, Ashcraft. Croft. Jesus, talk properly. Ashcroft, who is just such an unusual cat. Like, there's so much on him. From appearances on the TV... From what he's said and done on Instagram, like just he's an unusual cat. Yeah. What have you got? So on him being unusual, did you hear about when he came to Australia? No. So he in two thousand and ten he was um, one of the headliners that's played on the grass. Really? Yep. Um, oh, I think is this when he gets the crowd? Keep going. And so he was angry at the lack of attendance. At the stage, what an idiot. he had been scheduled as one of three headliners, but attendees mainly filled the stages of the other two headliners. It was an old act. Pixies. That's it. And Empire of the Sun. That's now, they're Australian, right? And they're going to... I mean, I can't stand Empire of the Sun. His voice is so irritating. Oh, really? I can have dream. I like it. Awful. Okay. Anyway, beside the point. Um, but a statement from Ashcroft's management posted on um, richardashcroft.co.uk blamed the cancellation on his voice given out. After three gigs in two days, including a tour show in Sydney on Saturday night. Was he here on Saturday night in 2010? I didn't go. Maybe. Where did I go? Keep going. Anyway. Um, we knew Richard would have to look after his voice for Splendour on the Grass set, so we cancelled all promotional activity for Sunday. It wasn't till he got on stage on the Sunday night that we realised his voice just wouldn't make it through the set. Ashcroft was reportedly ordered not to speak or sing for 72 hours by a doctor. Who do you believe? I'd like to see his doctor, sir. Wow. Who's, Who's gonna... in HR now? No, but okay, yeah, but let's, let's, let's picture this. Who does he see? Who's his GP? Who's going to sign his sir? And what happens? What I'd love to know what happens to Splendor. What do they do? So he walks on stage, sings a song, sings one maybe song. a song, and walks off. Oh, I'd love someone who's in the industry tell me what happens. Because it's Splendor, he did. He turned up, didn't play though. So what happens? Well, he did play one song. So is that is that it? That's do they still does he still get paid his full fee? Is there is insurance involved? Like how does that how does the logistical situation work there? But I'd say it's typical Ashcroft. Keep going. He's just he's a cat. But just Yeah. He was on soccer. If 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 anyone going down a YouTube hole with Richard Ashcroft, look at what he did on Soccer AM. He's and then there's the other he, every time he and then he was on Good Morning Richard and Judy or oh, something. Oh Richard, like that. yeah. And he was just strange. Strange man. In what way? Uh, like he the, the stuff that he was saying Like he wore sunglasses During the whole interview Which is rock and roll But he lied He laid down on the couch And just talked Absolute nonsense Just rambled <laughs> Like As as you sort of Media manager You'd be like Oh mate Just just rein it Come on Cut Cut Rein it in mate No Anyway 
Anyway, and he gets smashed on Twitter all the time because he'll post a picture of his brand new car. And like people are like, yeah, yeah, man of the people, my arse, mate. Right, anyway, so should we get into singles? Bit like Alex James. Bit like, uh, should we get into the um, singles? Yes, please. Better Sweet Symphony, number two, released on the 20th, 28th of June, 1997. The video is is iconic. Iconic. It's, it's How many a... piss takes has there been? Just people walking down the street bumping into people. It's hilarious. I remember the Vindaloo video was the same, <laughs> right? Fat Bob or whatever his name is. Uh, but he walks down a street uh, in East London. He doesn't stop. He just keeps on walking. He knocks a lady down. Yeah. Do you not think that's a bit rough? Yeah. Like, I mean, he doesn't knock a guy down. He knocks a woman down. Which kind of, I get it, probably shows the purpose that he doesn't care. He's just going to keep walking and no one's going to stop him. But you knocked the women down, mate. Yeah, no. Anyway, uh, from Song Meanings. Walking down a busy London street. This is from a guy called I Can Cry. Walking down a busy London street is a metaphor for how he feels about his life. He walks down the street and is almost hit by a passing car, runs into people, walks over a car hood that is in his path. As a result, everyone is annoyed, even angry with him. When a young woman confronts him physically... He calmly and resolutely moves forward along his path without a trace of animosity or anger. People are critical and disdainful of the path he is walking, insisting he should be able to avoid these obstacles to choose a better, safer and more conscientious path to walk. But he feels completely powerless to change his speed and direction. His path is mandated and not chosen by him. Do you think that is the meaning of the video? Um, No. (laughs) Sounds good. It's great if it is. Okay, Drugs Don't Work went to number one in September 97. The music video for the song was directed by Andy Baber. The band appears in the same formation and close... So it starts exactly as the video ends for Bittersweet. Like they're all in the same formation, wearing the same clothes. The band turns around the corner and walks over to a vending machine called Feelings. This refers to the song Life's an Ocean from their second album, A Northern Soul, where Ashcroft sings, I was buying some feelings from a vending machine. Uh, the rest of the video is them just playing in black and white and colour. The track was released the day after the death of Princess Diana. Oof. Yeah. So, obviously it went to number one. Uh, a Channel 4 uh, programme which carried down the 100 greatest number one singles put this uh, basically said it unintentionally captures the spirit of the nation on that day even though it's about a very different subject yeah I know uh, Lucky Man went to number 7 in December 97 mm. very simple elegant video where they play in a gorgeous empty apartment overlooking the Thames Sonnet number 74 on the 16th of May 1998 there's a reason for that Richard sits in one of those egg chairs you know the, the ones that people sometimes sit in in a car park, camera zooms in and out of him as he's singing and the background changes. Pretty cool. Why did it get to number 74, Liz? I don't know. The start of 1998, the band wanted them to put out one more single from the album, but the band didn't want to. After the label persisted, persisted that they release a single, the band decided to release Sonnet as the next single, but in a format that meant it wouldn't chart. The band released a single as part of a set of four 12-inch vinyls and was limited to 5,000 copies. However, fans turned to buying an imported version of the single, which meant that it did end up charting in the UK at number 74. That's very rock and roll. Yeah, that is. 
Shall we get into the tracks? Yes, please. Finally, we're here. Bitter, sweet, symphony. What a start. Which I skip. You do not. I do. You skip it? What do you mean? Nah. I promise you. Why? I love it. This has been played to death. Okay. Adverts, TV shows, played to death, played to death. I just go, oh, I just don't want to hear it again. I need to not always hear it. How did you hear after not hearing it for a while? Great, look, I love it. I don't want to say I don't like it, but I just like... So I've listened to maybe Arbon Hymns like four times okay. in the last week. Yeah. I skip it. I know what it's, I know what it is. I know what I think about it. I don't want to have to go through it again. If you... Okay. Because I know what your rating you give for this album. If you've got a skipper in there because it's overplayed, how does it rank up so highly? Because it's not a skipper because it's bad. It's just I've just heard a million times. So I'm not... I can't judge it on that. It's an amazing song. It's the way... It's a great way to, and, and I remember when I did my top beginning starts of albums, everybody, oh, you didn't put Bitter, Bitter Sweet Symphony in there. No, I didn't, because it's so overplayed. It's not the Verve's fault, it's been overplayed. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's an amazing track, and when you hear it for the first time... Yep. You're blown away. You are, you are. And when you don't hear it for ages, you love it. Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. But once you've heard it again and again, four times in a week would be far too much. Uh, I don't look. I disagree. I, I still I still really enjoy hearing the song. I think it's a perfect start to an album. The production on this is tremendous. Oh, it's, it's, it's incredible. I don't want this to sound like for, this is a ten out of ten, nine out of ten, ten out of ten track for sure. Mm-hmm. It's got everything in a track that you love. I've just heard it to death, and so I don't want to feel that way. So then I try and limit my. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So I can cry again. This is a brilliant song. It's about the feeling of being trapped and powerless to change your behaviour or your life due to circumstances beyond your control. It's about the sense of desperation you feel as your life passes before your eyes and you struggle unsuccessfully to control it and shape it. It's about the perpetual conflict between the path you want to follow and the path you are compelled to follow. Uh, what's you know one of the lines is you're a slave to the money and then you die. Uh, let's play it. Yep. What's that? The but shooting stars version. I don't know. It's the song that reworked. 
That's what that is. <laughs> um, what do you so, think the song's about? Yes, just love it if you want it. Don't sound like a sonnet. I don't know. I just I've always thought it was like. Um, well, I thought it was about nothing. Look, I don't know, memories and just like like I don't know. It is. It is. It's exactly it. My friend and me looking through her red box of memories, faded. I'm sure. But love seems to stick in her veins. Uh, chorus does love if you want it. Don't like don't sound like no sonnet, my lord. Um, it's it's a, here we go again, and my head is gone, my lord. I remember hearing sonnet for the very first time on this album and just being blown away. Beautiful acoustic guitars, the lyrics, and then it builds up at the end. And the end, oh, I just I adore it. <laughs> Well, let's play it in full. Yes, please. Wow. Okay, we're on. Yeah. 
the rolling people. Here we are, the rolling people. Don't they? I love it. Uh, I don't like the start of it, actually. The start throws me off, and then you get the chorus. The chorus is fantastic. Brilliant. Um, so, it's got a couple of samples in here, right? Funkadelic's I Got a Thing, You Got a Thing. Everybody's Got a Thing from 1970. And Aphrodite's Child, or Aphrodite's Child, The Four Horsemen from 1972. <laughs> I never knew that. Nah, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> well, they probably had to pay royalties on it. Um, the Drugstore Wife, I Was Dealing Soul and Other White is a reference to, obviously, drugs. I Won't Shake Your Hands because Death Has No Plans, but here we are, the rolling people. Can't stay for long. We gotta, gotta go, go now. now. I like the rolling people. I really enjoy the Great chorus. Song. Let's play it. There is a, I don't like the like a cat in a bag line. I just don't like that. That just makes me sad. Same. Like a cat in a bag waiting to drown. Like who wrote that? That's like, I, I, get, I've, I just, I, it's a really, really sad metaphor. It's really, I don't yeah, know. It just gets me, every time I hear it, I'm like, I don't Yeah, know. I'm the same. Because anything that hurts an animal makes me sad. I know. I hope you're thinking of me as you lay down on your side. Now the drugs don't work. They just make you worse. But I know I'll see your face again. So apparently it's written about his dad, his father. Uh, He wrote the song in response to the death of his father to cancer. Uh, The chorus and title and the drugs don't work, they just make you worse, has a double meaning. The drugs being given to his father not working and seemingly making him worse and the undesired effect of drugs being taken to block out the pain of losing your father. Oh, so sad. Drugs don't work. Catching the butterfly. It's crazy. I'm going to keep 
Catching that butterfly in that dream of mine. It's not bad. It's amazing. It's not on par with the last four, but it is a it's a good track. It's about chasing your dreams, chasing yeah. the butterfly, chasing your dreams. I'll give you this. We'll play this. Yes. Wilderness. Love it. Skip, 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 skip. What do you love? I know you. Ju- I think you're just going to wind me up on this, aren't you? No. What do you like about Neon Wilderness? Well, it's just to be a bit different. <laughs> it's not my favourite, but being, I don't skip by it. By being rubbish. It breaks up the album for me. I feel like it's like a interlude. It kind of because it changes the next part of the album. Oh, I never thought of it like that. That's how I've always seen that track because it's weird. Because you've gone like you think about it. You've got banging tracks. You've got... When you think it's a very, very top-heavy album in terms of singles. So you've got um, Drugs Don't Work, Bursary Symphony, you've got um, Sonnet, you know, rolling people. But then you kind of get Neon Wilderness and it's a little bit, ooh. And then you, this is, I feel this part two of the album. Okay, that's interesting. I'll, I'll listen to it with a new frame of mind. Yeah. Because I'm like, this is nuts. But I, I understand where you're getting at. Okay. Not playing it. Don't care. Okay, Not going to happen. No, I don't yeah. uh, Space and Time? Right. And so then we've moved into this new part of the album. <laughs> no, but seriously, because Space and Time's a great song. Okay. Okay. What do you like about it? Space and Time. It's just like, there ain't no space and time. There'll be no lullabies. There'll be no tears crying. We feel now because we don't see. It's re- it's, I can't even sing it. How do you sing? It's a great. Um, mel- it's a song about being a re- in a relationship but not in love, right? So there'll be no lullabies, there'll be no tears cried. We feel numb because we don't see that if we really care and we really loved, think of all the joy we'd feel. Oofed. I know that's really touching. I I think I actually this is this is it needed that after the crap in your wilderness, but it's this is a really good song and the guitar is really really good. Um, I'm going to talk, like, this is where I find, you're right about this album turning a corner. I forget the tail end to this album. Mm-hmm. And I forget how great the bottom half oh. of this album is. Yeah. Because you've got so many big hitters up front. And then you get to this out, the later part of the album, you've got some really good tracks here yeah. I never listened to. Uh, so let's play Space and Time. I 
Weeping Willow. This is a real toss-up between Son and Weeping Willow. If I was... So, I played Son in full because it's got more of an emotional attachment to me. Okay. Because sat in my bedroom with friends, listening to this album, thinking about, like, box of memories and just how cute a song it is. But this is actually my favourite song on the album. Oh! So I played it for a different... Like, so I put it for a different reason. I, I wanted Son it to be played because it's got tons of memories. But musically, this song... Is incredible. Mm-hmm. The pills under my pillow, weeping with oh, it's amazing. I agree with you. It's lyrically uh, strong, beautiful. It's it's like it's like history. It's like that of, on this album because it just got everything. It came. It's quite dark, but it's just it's a stunning, stunning song. So this is actually my favourite song, but. Played Sonic for memories and stuff, but yeah. Okay. Uh, I've put another great song that I'd completely forgotten oh. about, to be honest. Mad Tom. The lyrics to to this song are particularly haunting to me. Looking carefully at them, I have an idea as to what it may be about, but it's a long shot. The opening verse, I think, refers to realisation that our relationship is not working out. Morning breaks. The two drift apart, hiding their eyes with their love aching. So they still have feelings for one another, but there are difficulties. Perhaps these are of a sexual nature um, due to the, uh, the hours between 10 and 6 being mentioned in the song. The relationship dissolves and each party is left feeling forlorn and empty. One of them cries out for the other to come back, hoping that the other has similar sentiments to his or her own. It gets to the point where both are contemplating suicide. The world don't stop. You know it has to end. One with the pill under his or her pillow, the other with a gun. So it's quite, for this person, for Mad Tom, it's got quite a dark connotation to it. But we'll play your favourite song on the album, but not the full thing, because you've already had it. So, Weeping Willow. to my favourite song Lucky Man great song it's such a good good song the three chords on the guitar it's so easy to play G, really G, A and D and C is and it so simple so simple oh. so simple okay but it's a great song it's divine it's it's such a such a good song so Pretty Petra said this I think this song has two facets one being the above tone of self-discovery and redemption but also kind of telling the story of how at the same time he's finally happy with himself on his own he's met someone who he's falling in love with uh, quote I watch you look at me I feel my fever growing I, ju- I know just where I am overall this song is about how two aspects of his love are converging his happiness that he finds within himself or his individual relationship he has with this self 
and this new relationship that's forming with his romantic interest. I think the line, quote, it's just a change in me, something in my liberty, is about a balance he's found with this new person. He feels himself changing into someone who can be with someone else and commit, but also still in essence, free, be free in his newly forming relationship. I love this song. I need to go and find the single so that I can hear um, history. Oh, yeah. yeah, so I need to I need to track that down now that you've you've sold me on it. So lucky man.
One day. One day, maybe we will again. I'll stand with them. Great song. Forgotten, I think, this song. Yeah. Like a total, same as you, I'm like, this is a gorgeous song and I totally forget about it. Um, lyrics are just stunning. Oh, you're afraid to touch, too afraid you'll like it too much. The roads, the times breaking up your mind. Can't you hear this beauty in life? One day maybe I will dance again. One day maybe I will love again. One day maybe we will dance again. You know you've got to tie yourself to the mast, my friend, and the storm will end. Tie yourself to the mast, my friend, and the storm will end. Amazing. This album's amazing. Okay, one day we're playing that. This time. Oh, second favourite. Oh. This time, this time, this time, this time, this time, this time. Love it. Because you don't know it's coming. And then boom. Great, great drum, uh, oh. drum loop on this track, actually. It's really good. Looking back on my life, you know that all I see are things I could have changed, I could have things done. Things I could have done, I could have done. No time for sad lament, a wasted it's life is bitter, bitter spent. That's oh, great. He's a great writer. Right into the light in and out of time. That's you miming playing in the love it. I love it. <laughs> I think this is a great song. Yeah, it's I agree. Up, it's got it. Uh, yeah. This time. Another day 
Velvet morning. So starts off and I go, mmm, and then you get into it and it's banging. It's good. It's a really good song, right? So uh, a lot of people feel about this is it's all around suffering from depression. And now I'm trying to tell you about my life and my tongue is twisted and more dead than alive. And my feelings, they've always been betrayed and I was born a little damaged man and look what they made. Oof, no. Oof, no. Uh, do you want Velvet Morn? Yes, please. Okay. Come on. Oof, no. What's your thoughts on this? So, hurrah. I was going to ask. Hurrah, tick. Yep. One that I forget about again. Again, I don't know why. It's a right punch in the face, this one. It's really, really good. I don't, I've got a nice hurrah that I've totally forgotten. I didn't put in the bucket. Um, again, it comes down to me forgetting the second half of this album. I don't know why. don't know why. Um, lyrics kind of go a bit spiritual I must be feeling low I talked to God in a phone box on the way home I told you my answer I left you my dreams on your answering machine so what do you think is a final hurrah you like oh, it? oh it is yeah of course good way to end the album yeah alright we'll sure. play that to take us out I'm not going to play the hidden track nah did you listen to it? yeah it's just it's like sound effects it's, it's one of those garbage yeah, secret nah. tracks um, all right, let's get into some reviews. Pavement, one out of five. Terrible. Clown. <laughs> An overhyped, overproduced culmination of banality. Whoa, good words. The Walking Ears, one out of five. I've taken this for multiple spins and it's not really grown on me. I like the atmosphere and sprawl of the opening track and a few others, but otherwise it all feels kind of indistinct. To me, kind of in that murky, bland zone of not catchy enough to appeal as a pop record and not experimental enough to appeal as a weird record, so it feels kind of aimless and forgettable. So's your review. If a uh, Mental Cage, three out of five. If Oasis had Be Here Now and Radiohead had an OK Computer, then Verve had Urban Hymns, one of the most overhyped, bloated, and just boring album. Okay, I'm getting on to the good stuff because you're giving me EVs. Uh, Han Razinger, 4 out of 5. The last great album of the classic Britpop era. The first six tracks make for one of the strongest openings of any album ever. On the second half, the tracks often sound too identical and tend to drag on for a little bit too long. 
There is one track I meant to talk to you about about being too long. They did need to cull a couple of them a little bit. I personally don't believe you just stare at me death stare. I don't believe you can expect people to listen to your album for more than an hour and to think otherwise is usually conceded. By the way, did anyone mention that Rolling People was nicked from Aphrodite's Child's Fort Harfman? Yes, I just did. Last one, five out of five, Street Mouse. Great name. At times, the music can drive you headlong through the night. At other times, it can rocket you into space or expand your days in ways you've never heard of. There is a cumulative effort to the tunes found here. They build, intermix, weave and collide with each other in both grace and abandonment. The music is some of the most dense and richly textured I have ever encountered filling the air with shimmering heat waves that constantly wash over and envelop you with comfort and peace. The Verve have managed to draw from their influence without compromising themselves. The sound is all their own and to that end you should find where this most excellent release fits into your life. This is one of the most prized albums in my collection and I often hesitate reaching for it for fear that it will not only hold, that it will not hold up for one more play but I tell you, it has never let me down. Oh. Street Mouse. Nailed it. Ratings. What did you give? What did I give? What did you give? Nine out of ten. Nine and a half. Give it ten. I gave it ten! I knew it did. I just was too scared to say. This is your first ten. Because it's a ten. It's not a ten. It's a good album. You're not a ten. Not a ten. Uh, Are you not just happy I gave a ten? I am. This is it. This is it, two albums. Jeez, well, the next album must be out of control because if this is a 10. Do you see how my ratings have worked though? Do you notice the way that this has happened? I have been six and a half, seven, and, and the more we've got down the chart, I've then got to number two till I give my first 10. You threw out ratings like they're sweets. <laughs> you were giving nines down at number 15 and all sorts. Oh, Not there me. A, there was a couple. Oh, I think I gave. Uh, K by Cooler Shaker High Rating but I love that album though stand by that sure. right uh, my first 10 I had with Attack of the Grey Lantern are you ready for number one <laughs> I've got my hat on please don't let me down please oh. don't let me down as if this was... is massive this is massive because I know how much if it's what I think it is and if I see if it's not I'm literally I don't know what I'm going to do <laughs> this album is the reason we even did this because it got us into it it got us into Britpop it's a classic of our time it never gets old it's one of the best albums ever made if anyone says otherwise they can hashtag conviction somewhere else no no you're, you're right and look with that end number one corner shop when I was born <laughs> <laughs> look, say it say it I really pisses me off to say it but I, I we can't I, you know from day one I knew it was there at number one do I have to say it it's so annoying say it so annoying it's Oasis at number one with definitely maybe like it because you couldn't have given it a five no I do like it I do like it but it's just annoying it would have been nice for something else to win why because it gets enough credit already whatevs (laughs) (laughs) I am so absolutely P-U-M-P-E-D to talk (laughs) about this album look at your face you're so happy I'm so happy so happy 
Which makes me think, if it is anything, if it was anything apart from this album, you would have ripped my face off. And Excel. I'd assume you would have gone. You would have gone the whole year, hoping that this was it. But if it wasn't, I was nervous when we got into the top ten. Yeah, I was yeah. nervous because I thought you're going to curveball me. This is going to be stupid. It's going to be six or some crap, and I was worried it was going to be two. But it wasn't. And when I knew, I kind of guessed because there's no way it couldn't have been in the top fifty. Okay. And when we got to two, so I'd be nervous for the top five. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because I knew it'd be in the top ten. I just knew it had to be. But when yeah. I was getting, yeah, I was getting nervous. So here's what I want you to do. So this is, it's interesting because this is not, yes, it's our most joint rated album together, but I didn't give it a 10, right? So technically we never gave an album both a 10. Really? No. Nah. We got through this album, got through the season without, I looked at the ratings and I'm like, no. Nope. You didn't give this a 10? No, I didn't give it a 10. I don't think it's a flawless album. Ridiculous. <laughs> so here's what I want you to do for next week. The you last... think that Attack of the Grey Lantern is better than Definitely Maybe? Do not... Insane. Insane. Don't even. If you even gave it close to the same rating does as it... K by Kula Shaker. Does it not make sense to you? Like, Think about where we've just gone on. Like, the, we just talked about the Manson. Does this not make sense to you? I like Manson more than definitely maybe? No, I did, didn't see that coming. Seriously? Wow, okay. Well, I mean, like that album. But, I mean, when you give... When we talk about what a 10 is... But there... So, this is... we've Okay, this is what I'm going to love about this episode, right? I... You have to... You, I'm just going to say I love every song, so I don't know why you... Don't be all childish and childish and annoying. And that's fine. But I want you to tell me why. And what it means to you I want you to tell me on that journey Because there are some songs And I guarantee you There are people listening to this That go Ah I don't get it Right There are some songs I need you to take me through Right More than happy Rock and roll star The most overplayed Oasis song ever Married How good was it live? It was good Married with children Brilliant Worst hurrah Ever Nah Diggsy's dinner Oh this is just gonna be you going Nah Brilliant Okay, that's it. But anyway, look. There's one song on the album. Ooh. Go on, cliffhanger coming. And I'll talk about it next ah! time. <laughs> it's probably not, but it wouldn't knock the mark. It wouldn't knock the mark down. But here's the thing, and that's what's great about the podcast, right? Is because this is not my number one album. It's not. It's yours, right? So after all your big kerfuffing and your big, you know, chucking a tanty when it was a cooler shaker or a reef or whatever it was, you got your way. And you got Oasis at number yeah, one. But, you but obviously... the best thing about it is that I don't agree. No, the best thing about it is that your ridiculous formula tripped yourself up. With all your other fancy pants part about, oh, how popular was it? And, oh, where did it go? And I'll pop it all into Excel and guess what happened? I know. Screwed not... you right over. Boom. But that was the point where we started this exercise that was, yeah. it was not to have something silly get to number one. And even though, and I did get to talk about albums I wanted to talk about. So, you know, you got to talk about the Stone Roses second coming, so it's not all bad. So anyway, next week, final episode, we're going to talk to people about what we're doing in season two, finally. So we're going to do that, and we're going to cover this. So, exciting times. Can I wear my hat? <laughs> I'm going to wear my hat. <laughs> Until then, I'm going to wear my hat. <laughs> All right, so 
catch up with us on Facebook and Twitter at Britpop Banter or email us and we'll see everyone next week for the final episode. Bye! Bye!